Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health. And today we're joined by Harry Corrin, mental health consultant, trainer and public speaker. Harry's worked with global brands from the likes of Mars all the way through to Lucky Saints on delivering effective mental health first aid programs. In the space at the moment, there's a lot of debate as to where and how mental health first aid works and sits. But today I'm going to ask some of those tricky questions to Harry because I've seen him leading the way in terms of this space over the last couple of years. Welcome to the podcast, Harry. Hello, Harry. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you, Harry. Uh, Harry meets Harry. Uh, Yes, lovely day here, so can't complain. Excellent. So Harry Squared today. Um, What I would love to talk about today is around mental health first aid. And there's a lot of noise around mental health first aid. There's been good that I've seen. There's been excellent that I've seen. There's been very poor and occasionally could be dangerous within there. And I'd love to discuss with you how we can effectively implement mental health first aid into our organizations from your experience. But first of all, I'd love for the listeners just to know a little bit more about you and your backstory, because I find it fascinating personally. No, thank you. Um, yeah, I guess my story, I, know I never intended to to get into this work. Um, probably if I had a choice, I wouldn't be. Um, but I guess a lot of my passion and the why behind it all is I unfortunately lost my father to suicide when I was uh, 12 years old. Um, I then went on over a decade um, hiding that, uh, creating a pretty impressive facade that every single environment that I would be in, I could lie, um, could... Um, basically maneuver myself around every conversation that ever got close to my family, my, my, my personal life, my, my childhood. Um, and it was a coping strategy that in, at that time served me quite well, but it started to catch up with me. Um, and it was actually in the workplace, uh, the very first time that I, I shared to people honestly what had happened and why, um, why, you know, my, my story really. And it all was triggered and all was started by, Um, the amazing Project 84 activation by Calm to raise awareness of male suicide. And it was the first time that I could see something within me from other people that share something similar. And whilst obviously everyone would experience suicide and suicide bereavement in a particular way, that was the first time in my life that I realised that I wasn't going through this alone. And the unanswered questions and um, pain was not unique to me. Um, And it took quite a lot of things at that time, like it was the the kindness of my employees to actually see that this thing that was thrown into my, thrown into my face, honestly, it was a, I was commuting into the office only three weeks in and this installation that I'm sure many of your listeners will, will know of that, that Calm um, had placed on top of the ITV Tower studios was fully just thrown into my face. I had no choice but to look at this thing. Um, and at that point, I'd only just moved to London and just started with a new employer. And then I was then suddenly faced with having to learn about suicide, read this, all the information and stories behind the campaign. Uh, and that was the turning point. That was the point where I was like, you, you know what, I can actually make a difference, not only through my story, but through bringing people together, connecting people through this type of work. And thank you for sharing that, first of all, Harry. Um, one of the questions I've got is around lived experience and how important lived experience is um, in training people and raising the awareness around mental health. I don't know what your thoughts are regarding that. Yeah, I think lived experience is crucial. Like if I think back to my own story and through a lot, a lot of stories I've heard is that actually, you know, we can talk about mental health and there is a lot of conversations around mental health and what it actually means. But sometimes we need to hear true stories. We need to hear real life journeys 
recovery what does recovery mean to mental health and it's not about curing it's not about fixing but it's about creating steps to actually allowing everyone to live a happy and fulfilling life and be that in conversations we have or through a course that has to come through right sometimes i think we can lose touch of what we actually mean by all of this when it comes to mental health um so i always try to work with those who who have a real passion have a connection and a why behind why they're doing the work in mental health and I think through lived experience is one way that we can do that. Lived experience and ex lived experience and workplace professional experience, of course. But for me, it's crucial. Like going back to the very start of my journey, hearing people's reflections, hearing mm. people's real life stories is what got me to then explore what else is available. Um, and that, all, like I say, all started from a, an activation on a rooftop. But it's crucial. I couldn't agree more. And there's a big debate at the moment in the space of how important is it for people to have degree level qualifications to talk about mental health. And I think realistically, as long as the people with lived experience have enough knowledge um, and they're sharing their story in a helpful way, um, it's having a huge impact from what I can see as well. So what I'd like to go on to now is around mental health first aid. And just tell me a little bit more around how mental health first aid works for our listeners that are unaware what the purpose of it is, um, and then I'd love to then go into how we can effectively implement it within our organisations. Definitely. So mental health first aid, um, at its simplest, is not a therapy course. You are not going to come out of this as a trained therapist or counsellor. But what you will come out of this with is the skills to be able to spot the signs of poor mental health and empower you to actually have a conversation. And what does that mean? And I feel like often people will come to me and no doubt you may be able to empathize is that people want to help. The vast majority of people on this world want to help, but actually what are the steps that that person can take to actually create the environment, give the person the best chance to have a conversation and then hopefully then access support if needed. So the course will do that, it will help us. It is not going to be the only thing that an organization needs but it will play a really important part. And that's why it's about kind of looking at it as a more 360 view, taking a, a step back and saying, actually, mental health first aiders can increase the usage of some of maybe the, the, the options you have in your workplace for an EAP provider or you know, an amazing tech solution. It is not solely a task that you can just train mental health first aiders. And I guess that is the balance. Mm -hmm. That's the balancing act to find is that we don't want this to become a tick box exercise, which we hear quite often. Yeah this really can empower people to have important conversations and signposts, which is a crucial part of you know, in creating that environment that mental health feels as if it's supported. I think, um, of course, there's, there, there's, there's huge watch outs in terms of how, how this is rolled out. So I've seen, like I say, very good practices and, and ones that are not so, but it's about how supporting the actual mental health first aider themselves. And I think, the course title, of course, we will, you will learn how to spot the signs and also support someone in crisis, but it goes further than that. Employees will take this into their personal lives. They will take this into friends and family environments and also on themselves. So it's a personal development task as well. Uh, and sometimes that can get lost in the benefits that it can bring. But often when people go on the course, they will see that firsthand. And there are certain risks with mental health first aid, such as the aftercare um, and what happens after they're trained. Are they just left to their own devices? Could it increase stress on individuals that still don't feel qualified enough to have that conversation? How do you, as a trainer yourself, over, overcome that? Yeah, it is really important because often people will want to be trained because of personal passion, 
personal stories perhaps or maybe uh, have lost a loved one or they've faced some form of mental health adversity in their life and that's fantastic because you want people that want to make a difference and sometimes it's less about the job level but it's about understanding the actual requirements of the role as well like what is the additional burden this might bring on to you so having this as a, a more joined up approach where line management know you know like actually yeah my, my employee is going to be a mental health first aider and making them aware of the additional um asks of that person but i do think it's important to have people with passion 100 but once once people are trained it's about connecting with that community keeping the education going. So if you do bring bring in a new wellbeing provider, if you do have a particularly charity partner, how do you bring all of that into the mental health first aid community? And by that, I mean, actually at the front and end of every mental health call, talk about the resources you have and mental health first aid is one of them, but then also have particular sessions that are dedicated just to the wellbeing of the mental health first aiders themselves. And like I said, in my work prior to the work I do now, I, I, you know, I was part of the team that rolled this out to, to the Mars organization, you know, a gigantic organization, 120,000 people across the world. But what we did is that we did keep connection with our community and that community now is still extremely active. It's now gone global as well. And that's crucial because often it can be get lost. It can be one of the things that are lower down the priority list, but it just can't be. I think that ongoing support of those individuals is absolutely vital. And the field of mental health, the, the research that's coming out at the moment is always evolving. And so we need to make sure that our mental health first aiders evolve with that as well. Now, I'm going to ask you two questions um, going forward now. So what constitutes a good trainer? That's a really important thing, because I, I guess if you get the trainer wrong, that could do more harm than good, potentially. And also, how do you select the people to be mental health first aiders? Um, on a course within an organization. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Definitely. So the mental health first aid training community is, is a large one and fantastic individuals that, that make that up. And I think for an organization selecting the right trainer, uh, the right organization to partner with, it's about the most important word that, word that I think in mental health is connection. Is, it, is that group of people going to connect with the person that you're going to spend at least two days with, probably more? And that is so important. And I think connection across all of this space is that you can have any resource, you can have any um, well-being partner, public speaker, but it's about connection. And I think it's about understanding, okay, well, what is that group of people going to look at that person and think, you know what, I can really relate. I can, I'm really listening to what you're saying. And it goes beyond just uh, delivering the course content. And I think that's natural. People want to be able to, to give back through their lived experience, I think often with the course. But for me, it's about connection, about it. is that community going to be able to relate somewhat? Are there shared professional and personal experiences? And of course, we all experience, we all go through things differently, but I do think that is how you then create some, this course to be truly lived. And, you know, it's a fantastic course, but it's about delivering it through passion, through energy, and then facilitating connection. And yeah, I guess on, on, on the second question about who should be who should be trained in this space, I think massively important to get the passion point, you know, about that kind of personal experience. Not always, not a necessity, but often will be the case. I think depending on the size of the organization, obviously it all comes down to budgets often, but you want to have a um, you know, reflection of the whole business. Like it is, you know, ridiculous only having senior management or only having uh, those coming in at entry level positions or those on part time. But actually, how do you get a, a, an almost an even spread? Very difficult to do, but it does does help. It will really will help because often in organisations that maybe do have multiple sites, 
is that you want to be able to see the range of mental health first aiders that exist. And if you're able to then show that not only by job level, but also by, uh, by location and perhaps background, actually you might be more likely to then reach out to someone miles away in a different office or a different restaurant or whatever it might be. And that's the power of it. Having a nice spread across the organization and not kind of keeping it in silos of just where there is uh, easier access to budget, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And Harry, I just wanted to say a huge thank you um, for, for joining on today's session. I know mental health first aid is something that's being implemented within many organizations. Um, and I think there's a lot that our listenership can take away in terms of how to implement it effectively in their organization. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for having me. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace wellbeing, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.